You're listening to Quran 30 for 30, the Ramadan podcast that reconnects us with the beautiful words of God, one juice a day, with your hosts, Sheikh Omar Suleiman, Sheikh Abdullah Oduro, and a new guest. Let's experience the beauty of the Quran. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh, everyone. Welcome back to Quran 30 for 30. Alhamdulillah, we are at just 29 now, subhanAllah, the 29th uh, night of Ramadan. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accept your prayers and your ibadah on this last of the odd nights of Ramadan. And may Allah azawajal allow us to power through the entirety of Ramadan, make the most of every minute, and if for it to be an accepted Ramadan and for us to be amongst those who observe Laylatul Qadr, Allahumma Ameen. We're blessed as we're coming down to the end to have with us uh, Ustada Lubna Mullah, alhamdulillah, who is uh, not only a board member at Yaqeen, but uh, you know, someone, subhanAllah, who spent a lot of time in Tarbiyah in various respects, not just through Yaqeen, but elsewhere. Uh, she is uh, an, an amazing life coach as well, mashallah. I'm not volunteering your time, Ustada Lubna, to everybody else, but Alhamdulillah, she's, she's an incredible uh, life life coach and mentor and does a lot of our uh, our, our training modules, in fact, um, on uh, on conviction circles and through the uh, Yaqeen Expanded Learning Department. And, uh, of course, also a chaplain uh, through IOK out there in California, Alhamdulillah. So that's why she's happy. She's in California. We're Masakin. We're locked down in Texas. You're locked down in California, Alhamdulillah. <laughs> but we're very happy to have you, Ustad Lubna. Uh, along with, of course, uh, Sheikh Abdullah. Uh, you know, I think he's going to miss me every night. Right, Sheikh? Of course. Come on. You need it. Of course. <laughs> so we'll try to do some post-Ramadan programming, inshallah. Uh, make Sheikh Abdullah commit to it from now so he can't, he can't bounce and run away after it all done. Uh, as we get into the 29th juz of the Qur'an, um, these surahs seemingly, because now you're at the point where you're to 29 and 30, where there are many surahs uh, within the juz. And subhanAllah, while these surahs can appear to be disconnected, they're actually very carefully related to one another. And so uh, the majority of the Quran that was revealed to the Prophet ﷺ in the initial revelation is all in this juz, which is very interesting. Okay, so. Uh, Three of the first four surahs of the Qur'an that were revealed to the Prophet some were revealed in this juz uh, here, Surah Al-Qalam and Mudathir and Al-Muzammil. And there's a strong emphasis on the awakening to the Day of Judgment, the warning of the Day of Judgment. And SubhanAllah, it's just pressing on the idea of how inevitable the Day of Judgment is. Wake up from your current reality, wake up from your slumber, wake up from this illusion that there's nothing beyond the exterior. And it starts with Surah Al-Mulk, right? Look to the world around you. Do you see any flaws in the creation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? What is beyond this galaxy? What is beyond this creation that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allows us to observe? And how do we see through it? And so to, to awaken out of our sleep, to awaken out of our uh, convenience, to awaken from uh, our, our place of privilege, as we'll see as well, uh, that's alluded to here in this juz. But to wake up, right? It is a juz that is meant to wake us up and to start thinking deeper about things. And so Surah Al-Mulk, obviously, is a, is a surah that we recite before we sleep uh, to wake us up to the reality of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala 
as we take a break from this world every night and our souls temporarily escape our bodies, we remind ourselves of this inevitable reality of Surat al-Mulk uh, every night before we go to sleep. Allah talks about the greatness of himself. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala talks about the, the beauty and the magnificence of the universe around. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala talks about the difference between those who, uh, who, uh, who walk through this earth deeply perceptive and connected to the signs of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and those who close their eyes and do not even consider uh, where that cup of water came from in the first place, where the, the connection of the natural elements around them to how they provide for us. You know, especially nowadays, by the way, when things are provided to us in their fine packaging, we have removed the, the pieces of paper that we have in front of us from the trees that they came from. We've removed the water from the, the origin of water in our, universe, in our universe and how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has provided that to us. We've removed all of these things from their origin. And so Allah in Surah Al-Mulk talks about these signs around us and then brings it back to the way that those signs play out in our everyday life and how the blessings that we have are connected to those bigger signs. And in that way, just as the sip of water that you take, just like the sip of water that you take is connected to uh, the, the rain that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allows to come down upon us and the oceans and the seas that he's provided to us, the oceans and the seas and the rain are connected to a greater source that you cannot see. And so the source of the water in your hand is the rain that you often don't consider and the source of the rain that you do see is none other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala but it must have a source that Allah azza wa jal uh, calls you to. The next surah is Surah Al-Qalam and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us about uh, the insults towards the Prophet sallallahu and gives us the example of the first Prophet as we said very early on that was revealed to the Prophet sallallahu as a method in Yunus alayhi salam. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala starts off the surah with some of the insults towards the Prophet ﷺ, calling him a madman. And this was very early on as the Prophet ﷺ was starting to encounter these insults in Mecca from a people that he had never encountered insult from before, which made it that much more hurtful. So these are fresh insults to the Prophet ﷺ. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, فَاصْبِرْ لِحُكْمِ رَبِّكَ وَلَا تَكُنْ كَصَاحِبِ الْحُوتِ إِذْ نَادَى وَهُوَ مَكْذُومٌ Don't turn away from your people the way that Yunus alayhi salam turned away from his people, stay the course, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will cause miracles to happen. So the first method, the first example of a prophet is given to the Prophet sallallahu and the first method, the first example of Quraysh is given to them in the people of the garden who were greedy and they wished to deny charity to the poor. And so they, they hoarded and they showed great greed and in their selfishness and their self-preservation and their greed, they ended up losing themselves and they ended up losing that which they were trying to hold back from, uh, from the people. And how much of this is connected to the early Meccan themes of uh, dishonoring the orphan, consuming the wealth of the orphan, of belittling the poor, of out of a place of greed and preservation of power and wealth, rejecting the message of the Prophet And in the process, they would lose their power and their wealth and find themselves in deep regret. So Allah is giving us, you know, Ashab al-Jannah, not the people of Jannah, Ashab al-Jannah as in the people who own that garden, as an example to Quraysh that if you do not wake up to your reality, this will be your inevitable ending. And to the Prophet do not let the 
uh, the time that Yunus walked away from his people be yourself. But Yunus of course was delivered. Allah chose him and elevated him. Uh, so Allah makes it clear that Yunus does not uh, remain disgraced. In fact, he comes out elevated. But telling the Prophet be patient with the command of your Lord and don't be like the companion of the whale at that time. So he doesn't say don't be like Yunus. Don't be like Yunus in those moments when he walked away from his people because he did not see hope um, in them. Uh, finally, uh, or not finally, but then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala brings us to Al-Haqqa, Surah Al-Haqqa. Um, Surah Al-Haqqa uh, talks about the fate of Thamud and Ad and Fir'aun and the overthrown towns and the, the people of Nuh alayhi salam and the punishment of those who said that this is, uh, that this is merely a poet, that this is merely a madman, that this is merely sorcery. So it, it moves beyond the analogy of the dunyawi consequences that's given in the, in the previous surah, and it talks about entire destroyed nations. So Surah Al-Qalam is very personal in that it's talking about the, 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 uh, the, the reason why these people were really holding back was from a place of greed. Surah Al-Haqqa is talking about the actual destruction of those nations because of the rejection of their prophets. Surah Al-Qalam uh, alludes to the insults towards those prophets. Uh, Surah Al-Haqqa, Allah Azawajal absolves the Prophet وسلم, of all of those insults at the end and says that this is the revelation of the Lord. This is not the, the words of a sha'ir uh, or a sahir, not the words of a poet nor a magician, but instead, Tanzeel uh, min Rabbil Alameen, this is a revelation of the Lord of the world. And Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Taala says, SubhanAllah, to highlight His justice, that look, you know, you are rejected for turning away from the revelation, you are punished. And had the Prophet altered the revelation, he too would be punished. So there is a responsibility that's being placed on the Prophet to stay the course and to be, uh, and, and to, of course, remain committed to the revelation that he is carrying. And there's a responsibility of the people to respond properly to that revelation. Surah Al-Ma'arij, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala talks about uh, the, the qualities, the ascent of the believers, the qualities of the believers, and the way that the believers set themselves apart with their character. So this is the earliest elaboration, and I believe Ustad al-Lubna is going to be talking about Surah Al-Ma'arij, the earliest elaboration on the qualities of the believers, similar to Al-Mu'minun and what we're covering in Ibad al-Rahman with Surah Al-Furqan. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala talks about how they set themselves apart. They take their prayers seriously. They take their oath seriously. They take their chastity seriously. They, uh, they honor their contracts. They do, you know, they're, they're wholesome uh, people that live with this knowledge of the hereafter. As for those that turn away, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Leave them to continue to play and to continue to be in the state of heedlessness until they find that which they were promised. What's the next surah? Surah Nuh, where Nuh alayhi salam is, uh, is at the point where he is complaining about his people after 950 years of da'wah to them. They're still continuing in their heedlessness. And Nuh alayhi salam gathering his people on the ark, the few that Allah sent saved, and the rest of the people being drowned. After Allah said in the previous surah, فَذَرْهُمْ يَخُودُ وَيَلْعَبُوا and subhanAllah, if you turn away, 
a different group of people will come. And it's not just people. The next surah, Surah Al-Jinn, where Allah talks about an, uh, you know, people that were not even human or, or a creation that's not even human beings listening to the Prophet and responding. And so with Nuh salam, while one, while, while he could easily be dejected, 950 years of da'wah with you know less than 90 people uh, to account for in terms of those that accepted his message, with the Prophet wasallam as well, it wasn't just the human beings that came to listen to you, but there were jinn that you could not see that listened to you and that believed in you and that took it back to their people. So while you see the, uh, the apparent destruction of people that rejected, you're not seeing the hidden acceptance of a creation that is concealed from you. And so you never know the effect of your da'wah on the environment. Then Surah Al-Muzzammal and Muddathir, the two surahs that were revealed to the Prophet ﷺ close to one another, one emphasizing that the Prophet ﷺ stand up and call the people, one emphasizing that the Prophet ﷺ stand up and pray. And so it gives us the, 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 the makeup of the believer is qiyam at night and da'wah and khidmah in the day. Uh, to stand up in prayer at night and to warn and call and to work acts of righteousness throughout the day. Finally, Surah Al-Qiyamah, Al-Insan, and Al-Mursalat, which all highlight the day of judgment. Al-Qiyamah talks about the resurrection of the soul. Al-Insan talks about Al-Jannah. Al-Mursalat focuses on the consequences of punishment for the rejectors of truth. So actually, if you read those surahs, all three together, you'll notice the theme. Qiyamah talks about the day of judgment. Surah Al-Insan focuses on the rewards of the believers. And Surah Al-Mursalat focuses on the punishment of those uh, that rejected. So they actually read very powerful uh, uh, together as you read them, inshallah ta'ala. Uh, and with that, inshallah ta'ala, I'll pass it on to Shaykh Abdullah. Jazakallah khairan. Bismillah wa salatu wa salam ala rasulullah wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa man wa la amma ba'd. Rabbi shrah li sadri wa yasli amri wa hlun uqadatan bil lisani yafqahu qawli ya rabbal alameen. As he mentioned, subhanAllah, I plan to touch on uh, the chapter of al-Muzzammin. Uh, the first roughly nine verses and this chapter is very dear to me and inshallah it will be dear to all of us but inshallah it will be on our conscience today rather tonight inshallah ta'ala when we see this chapter from muzammin firstly in muzammin is the one that is covered in garments and this is actually what allah subhanahu wa ta'ala called out or named the prophet sallallahu and it was out to him he said ya ayyuhal muzammin after the Oh, you that is wrapped in garments. Now, some scholars mentioned that this was revealed to the Prophet when he was in the lap of Khadija, when he received the revelation from Jibreel, and Jibreel told him, Iqra, and the Prophet said, And the Prophet used to, as Aisha used to said, that he used to uh, uh, have uh, you know solitude and to meditate, for lack of better words, and to pray to his maker, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That's when Allah chose to reveal Iqra via Jibreel to the Prophet Then on his way back, he comes to Khadija and he was sweating profusely. And he laid in her lap his best friend Khadija anha. SubhanAllah, when we look at it, one time in the cave he's alone and he goes to his best friend. The other time he was with his other best friend Abu Bakr in the cave. But seeing how he goes to Khadija he says, Zammiluni, Zammiluni. And he said, He said, Verily, I fear for myself. I don't know what's going on from this revelation I received. And he was scared. And his wife, subhanAllah, his best friend, I repeat, 
was someone that gave him the emotional support that he needed. And dare we even say spiritual, because she reminded him of the good deeds that he did for people. It was what he did for people that made her say, no way, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala would never abandon you because the way that you were good for people, good to people and how you treated the, how you treated people. But when we see this, some scholars mention Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala at that moment revealed to him, Ya ayyuhal muzammil. Ya ayyuhal muzammil. And some scholars mention, Ya ayyuhal muddathir. In any case, they both mean those that are wrapped in a garment. But what I want to capitalize on here is, in one word, salah. When we see this chapter, it primarily concentrates on the salah, but not just when we hear the word salah. We see that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is giving you the method in which to get the most out of your salah. You know, many times, especially our youth, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect them and protect all of us. You know, sometimes I sit and ask my children and, you know, I ask all of you, you know, ask yourself sometimes, what was I thinking in the salah? Sometimes I ask my kids, okay, what were you thinking today? It's okay. You can answer the question. What were you thinking about? You know, it happens to all of us. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala here is giving the Prophet وسلم, at the beginning of his risala, let's say it in another way. He's giving a man that just received revelation and he is fearful. He is full of fear, doesn't know what's going on, does not have any idea what's going on. And he, all he has right now is the comfort of his wife, Khadija. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells him what? Stand up and pray. Oh, you wrapped in garments. Stand up at the night time except for a little bit, which can mean the most part of the night. Uh, stand up half of it or decrease a little of it, uh, a little of that night. Uh, or increase it, increase that amount. In any case, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala He obliged upon him, made obligatory upon him to pray, but in the middle of the night, at the night time. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, after understanding that he made this obligatory upon him, we see the importance of the prayer. The first thing that he was ordered was to do something that will equip him equip him for what is to come. And what is to come? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, inna inna qawlan So now he told him to stand up in prayer, stand up and have your undivided attention to your creator. Why? Because we are about to reveal to you a weighty word, a weighty statement. And scholars have mentioned what this awlan thaqila can mean. Thaqila means heavy. So we are about to give you something that is very heavy. Meaning what? The, the heavy and weight of this Quran, meaning the message is so massive and so profound that it will change your life. It will change nations. Some scholars mention that it is so heavy because it can only affect the heart that will accept it. There may be someone that memorized the Quran, but it has only come to be phonetics for them. May Allah not make us from them. It has only come to be sounds that they say. It doesn't affect them at all. That's where the qawl and thaqila means that it is heavy and it is something that is massive because it goes beyond what you recite. Even though in the recitation, we receive reward for every letter that's recited, inshallah ta'ala. And even the one that struggles to recite this, for the youth and those that have converted or renewed Muslims that are trying to come back and practice their faith to the best of their ability, the Prophet says, you receive double the reward. Quran, 
The Prophet وسلم, after saying the matter of the Quran is with the, the expert with the Quran is like the one that is with the noble angel scribes. But then he continues on to give us an encouragement to say, look, it's not just the one that's leading tarawih or leading in the prayer. No, you standing in the back, you may not understand everything that's said, but you're trying. You're making an effort. He says, then he, then he says, the one that recites it, yani, the one that stutters, and it is hard upon him or her, for they so they get two rewards to show that you should never give up and seek help by using it in the nighttime. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala continues to say, in uh, that verily in the rising of the night, and some scholars mentioned to Hajjud, it is very hard and most potent to you for governing oneself and the most suitable for the for your word or for what you are saying. So is like the reborn night. In other words, the time of tahajjud. In other words, if you were to sleep and to get up and to be fully rejuvenated. Nashia means to originate something, to bring something new. Nashia talil is that portion of the night to where you preferably, if you were to sleep and you were to wake up, you were to wake up, you were to sleep and you were to make an effort to wake up. When Allah ta'ala talks about the righteous people, he says, their sides are released or they go far away from their madajit, from the place of reclining or laying down. They call out to their Lord in fear, in fear and in love of him. So when seeing this, we see that the one Allah SWT is mentioning as a means for something. It is the most potent of good as translation here. means to step. So it is the strongest means of stepping closer to aqwa muqila. Ashaddu wata'an wa aqwa muqila. And it is the most upright means of speech. Meaning that if you were to liven your night, if you were to renew your strength, if you were to get up at the part of the night where everyone's asleep and no one sees you or hears you except your Lord, this is the strongest means of coming closer to him by reciting the Quran. The strongest means of reciting the Quran in this prayer. Then he says, Inna laka fin nahari that verily, and this is for you, uh, verily there is for you by day a prolonged occupation with ordinary duties. And remember the name of your Lord and devote yourself in complete devotion. Uh, so here he's talking about uh, really reciting the Quran uh, and mentioning Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and tabattal ilayhi tabatila is to come closer to him. But mainly what we want to talk about here in these verses is the importance of reciting the Quran. As the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, تغنوا بالقرآن ليس مننا من لم يتغني بالقرآن is to, to change your voice or to recite beautifully this book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as he would raise, his intonation would raise and lower when reciting this beautiful book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So remember that in times of hardship, in times of ease, turn to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and try your best to perform one of the strongest means of coming close to him, which is the prayer, which is the salah. Because remembering that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala ordered 
the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam, and it wasn't ordered for us. It was ordered for them in the early times, in the early advent of Islam, to wake up in the middle of the night and to pray, pray to him and to ask him for his blessings, to ask him with his beautiful names and attributes. For really, that is one of the strongest means of coming closer to him and pondering over the qawlan taqira, that which is a heavy, heavy, weighty statement. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us of those that adhere to this beautiful form of advice from Allah and make us of those that adhere to it in our actions. Salah, the, the early verses of Salah should be read as being understood as part of Qiyam, right? Because the five prayers were not legislated until Medina. So, and, and continuing their prayers into the night, uh, you know, Qiyam was, was a necessary part of their lives, specifically considering uh, the times that they have, subhanAllah. Uh, so, inshallah ta'ala, Ustaz Lubna, we'll, we'll hand it off to you now, inshallah. Uh, so tonight, it's definitely the talk is about Salah, Salah, Salah. Uh, Sheikh Abdullah, he just talked about the importance of Salah and, and in particular, Qiyamul Layl um, that was prescribed to Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam to, you know, to give him the ability to have that spiritual strength to be able to deal with the people and call others to Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. And here in Surah Al-Ma'arij, we see that salah is also described as a quality of the believer. And we're going to see many other qualities that are attached to that. And, and before we talk about salah, I want to talk about a couple of ayahs in which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions the impatient person uh, and, and then how that juxtaposes against the qualities of the believer. So, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Inna insana khuliqa halu'a, idha massahu sharru jazu'a. That verily man was created very impatient, very impatient. How so? Uh, going into the next ayah, that when something evil happens to him, when a calamity befalls him, he is in a state of panic. He's freaking out. He is despairing in the hope uh, in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that something good will happen after this test. You know, very different than the believer who looks forward to the good that's going to come out of it at some point. And then, and, and what's also evil about this quality is that when something good happens to this person, he or she, that he withholds. He does not share with others in the blessings he's been given by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, whether that be wealth and he gives in charity, or for example, in having good health, uh, a lot of time and being able to use that for good. So he withholds, he's stingy. As a matter of fact, there's a hadith uh, uh, talking about such evil qualities in which um, Abu Huraira radiallahu anhu says, Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam says that the worst thing, the worst quality in a human being is greedy impatience, this, this description of, of hala and unrestrained cowardice. Uh, you know, being in a state of shock and fear instead of looking towards the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and hoping in, in, in the blessings that he can give us, alhamdulillah. Um, and we see something very similar to this. You know, we don't want to be those people that have our iman. You know, we're on the fence. When good things happen, we believe in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. When bad things happen, all of a sudden we're in a state of loss, such as described in Surah Al-Fajr, uh, inshallah, inshallah tomorrow in uh, just 30, that uh, when the person is being blessed, they say, Allah has honored me. But when they're being tested, they say Allah has dishonored me, has um, 
has humiliated me. So we are not of those people. Inshallah, the believers are not of those people. Who are they? And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala describes now the opposite of that, where he says, Illa al except for those who pray, except for those who pray. And this is beautiful. Um, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala talks about twice in the Quran, you know, this quality of, of using prayer to gain closeness to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. In this blessed month of taqwa, we are trying to get closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, through doing the good things that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala loves and staying away from the things that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has prohibited and does not love. And one of those things in which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us to do was sta'inu bis-sabri was salah. Twice he tells us this in the Quran, that seek assistance in anything, in any difficulty that you have, in, in whether it be in spiritual affairs or in family affairs or financial or health, so on and so on, what should you do? Seek Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala through patience and prayer. Patience and prayer. And here, patience is the complete opposite of what was being described in these first few ayat of somebody who's so impatient that something bad happens, they're in a state of panic, but something good happens, then they hold back. They're being greedy, perhaps not knowing. They, don't, they think that I might not get more of this, so I better hold on to it all for myself. We don't have that kind of greed. Instead, that... Um, we use this, this uh, patience, we use this seeking of assistance, and we do this uh, through what is pleasing to Allah SWT in which he says, the sabri was salah. And also Allah SWT mentions in the Quran about how prayer prevents us from doing bad deeds. Prayer helps to prevent us from doing bad deeds. In salata tanha an al-fahshai wal munkar. So uh, alhamdulillah, uh, brothers and sisters, that we have been given this beautiful gift of salah. We have been given this beautiful gift of salah and it is, it is incumbent upon us. And we have this last few nights, last few nights in Ramadan in which we can ask Allah SWT to make it easier for us to practice this beloved worship that he has blessed us with. And uh, it's so beloved that Prophet Muhammad wasallam that when he advised Mu'adh, he held his hand and he said, I love you. And he told him, Allahumma, say this after every prayer, Allahumma a'inna ala dhikrika wa shukrika wa husna ibadatik. He advised Mu'adh, because Salah is so important, um, that after every prayer, uh, make this dua. Say, oh Allah, I seek, uh, help me to remember you, to be grateful towards you, and to beautify my worship towards you. To remember you, to be grateful towards you, and to beautify my worship towards you. And this definitely includes Salah as well. So when, you know, in these nights, if we are not feeling Salah, if we are, you know, finding it, it's just a chore or we're losing concentration or we're not seeing the long-term benefits, keep at it. Fake it until you make it. Keep in there. Uh, young and old, you know, you've been doing this for a long time where you're just starting. There will be a learning curve. There will be, uh, inshallah, a point when, when you keep doing it and you keep asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to bless you in this beloved deed that he's prescribed for us, that you will start to love it. Not only that, you will run towards it and you will yearn for these precious moments with our creator. Um, and, and here Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala now describes the qualities of the believer. He begins the qualities of the believer with what? Those who pray, and he ends with it also describing uh, those who pray as well. And so after this, this set of descriptions where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, you know, man is impatient except musallim, then he says, those that they are consistent in their prayer. They are consistent and they are on time and they guard all the obligatory aspects of prayer. And some have also said that they are da'im in the sense that 
in between their, uh, um, each movement, they allow their bones to rest. They are not pecking in their salah as Prophet Muhammad told us not to do. We're not just rushing through it. We are actually resting in between each movement, trying to really take in what it is that we are um, doing and trying to improve and increase our connection with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then now Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala describes the qualities of, of these believers. Uh, what does he talk about now? He talks about those that um, they understand that their wealth, there is a right upon them. And who do they give it to? Those who ask and those who are deprived. So basically people that are in need. Who else does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala describe? The people who believe in the day of judgment. The people who fear the punishment of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Not like those who are mocking Prophet Muhammad and said, if you really uh, are, are a prophet, why don't you tell your Lord to bring down the punishment? You know, we would never do that because we fear the punishment of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and we understand that that is a reality. And then uh, um, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala also mentions those who are chaste, those who fulfill their trusts and their promises. When some, some, something is given to them as an amana, they fulfill it, they protect it. And when they make a promise, they fulfill it as well. Those, when they give testimony, they give truthful testimony. They, so here, this concept of upholding justice is so important uh, in Islam as well. And then again, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala concludes this description, this beautiful description of the believers with uh, those um, who guard their prayers. Those who guard their prayers. And who, what will be of those believers? They will be entered into Allah's uh, Jannah, subhanAllah, the highest level. So we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make us of those people uh, who will be consistent in our prayer and that we will guard our prayer and we will do all those other qualities that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has talked about it. And the good thing in is if we believe in what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us that we can accomplish these good traits by seeking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's uh, uh, favor and mercy by patience and prayer, inshallah. Mm -hmm. So we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make us of these people and keep us consistent, inshallah. Jazakumullah khairan. I mean, it's a very beautiful way to round it all out. And it's really interesting that Allah tells us to guard different aspects of our prayer, right? Um, so the difference between uh, and uh, those that preserve the exterior elements of their prayer, those that preserve the internal elements of their prayer. And it always fits so beautifully in the context, subhanAllah. So in this situation uh, where Allah is giving the command to stand and to pray and to uh, to guard the rights of the prayer, it fits into the same way that the same spirit of guarding the rights of uh, the, the family, guarding the rights of those that you enter into dealings with and so on and so forth. Um, so it's a, it's a beautiful uh, a beautiful way to bring it all about. And inshallah ta'ala, tomorrow night, everyone, we will see you for the final Quran, 30 for 30, inshallah. And we will have with us Sheikh Yasser Rajas, inshallah ta'ala, to round us out with Juz Amma. And uh, I, you know, I, I look forward to seeing you then and want to remind you all, please, to keep us near du'as, inshallah. And uh, especially tonight and keep working until the last moment of Ramadan. And before tomorrow night for the last episode of Quran 30 for 30, please tune in to Ibadul Rahman, the servants of the most merciful at 2 a.m. Eastern, inshallah. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. This podcast was brought to you by Yaqeen Institute for Islamic Research, dismantling doubts and nurturing conviction, one truth at a time. Tune in tomorrow for the next episode and subscribe to this series. If you like this episode, you'll love our other content. Visit yaqeeninstitute.org or download our app from the App Store. Until next time, 
This has been Quran 30 for 30.